0: All right, welcome, everybody, to the Pulp cast. Pulpcast. Here we are in the pits at Lille, uh, day two after practice. I'm here with the uh, on-track, off-road, esteemed colleague of the Grand Prix, Adam Wheeler. Wheeler, what's up? Do I have to pay you for that introduction? I That's think so. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, I think so. Thanks for doing this.
1: How how long did it take you to get over calling this Lille or not Bercy? Because I'm still in, you know, it's, no, it's taken a while.
0: Yeah, I've, I've used Bercy a few times, Um are you know, near Bercy, are
1: we? <laughs> no, we're
0: not. Um, well let's let's start there then. Okay, so after whatever 30 some years of Bercy, we're here at Lille uh, renovations are going on at the the Bercy stadium, what do you think of this race here? I the track seems better. But the atmosphere of Bercy is not there. This is more of a Geneva or, you know, that kind of race. You know, I think,
1: like you say, there's maybe a little bit of intensity gone. But, um, you know, promoter Eric Bernard was saying this was like Bercy but large, you know, <laughs> instead of medium size. I, th- I quite like it. I think it's, uh, you know, it's like having a cos- bit of cosmetic surgery to the event. You're in a brand-new stadium. It's uh, They're only using the half, but apparently that's because of the floor. There's some mm-hmm. issue with the floor. and They can't cover the whole football pitch or soccer pitch. <clears throat> but um, I, don't, I don't like it. It was full to the rafters last night. It was sold out. Was, I think it was a yeah. pretty good buzz going on.
0: Yeah. It's just, you know, how bursty is with the crowd so close on top of you. It just... It's something else, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's not bad here. It's just not the quite Bursi to me.
1: Well, I can appreciate it because my soccer team, Queens Park Rangers, has the smallest ground in the English Premier League, and okay. um, it's like it's like Percy. Everyone's like, right on top yeah, of the pitch yeah. and the players, and it gets so when it's full, it's a real good buzz going, you know? a okay. nice atmosphere. But I think um, you know, I. I from what I hear, it could be the end of Bercy. It could be the that's, little Supercross here to stay.
0: I've kind of, I've kind of heard that. There's been some rumblings that they may not go, end up going back to Bercy. So, um, yeah, I mean, hey, this is just more of a traditional European Supercross. Bercy yeah. always stood out to me um, over Geneva, over Barcelona, over these other races. And,
1: but from the marketing stuff they've done, they found out that only twenty-five percent of the people here or bought the tickets yesterday or uh, came from Bercy. Yeah, you know? so yeah. they got a whole new audience from in yeah. northern France. Maybe also the UK yeah. is really easy to get here.
0: And we're close to Belgium. Belgium, Belgium yeah. Right? So yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, obviously, uh, we saw Eli Tomac last night. Uh, did he lead everything? Did he,
1: he won everything?
0: Yeah. Did he ever? Did he lead every lap? I think he did.
1: Yeah the whole shot yeah. as well in the yeah. main yeah. so I, it was a perfect night wasn't it
0: yeah hey let's uh let's touch on Motocross to Nations because uh we did a little preview on Saturday after the race and uh, uh obviously JT thought the Americans were going to win I think I don't <laughs> think he ever is going to have any other prediction but you and I were not so sure um I was pretty emphatic I didn't think they were going to win after Saturday's qualifying and it turned out that other than Sean Simpson's chain breaking they wouldn't even be on the podium um now obviously we're rehashing an older race but thoughts on that thing uh, uh and obviously um how upset you were when simpsons chain broke
1: yeah well, i think you tweeted that already and got a yeah, bit of uh, you know, abuse on, on social media but i said to eli last night actually i said you know your riding here yesterday was kind of a complete contrast to the last time i saw you in latvia where the first motor you were <laughs> Struggling in sixth position, but mm-hmm. I mean, he basically saved the day, didn't he, for Team USA in yeah. that second moto, yeah. which he was superb. Yeah. Um, and he said, you know, the big difference compared to the nations to here, this this uh, little supercross was his start. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, he was immense out of the game yeah. um, And like in in Latvia, he you know he was deep in the back and slipped off twice for three starts. And so. You know, uh, Team USA, like I've said, you know, in in posts, sort of race reports, I think those guys just come here with a big target on their back every year. Yeah. Every year, people expect them to win or be on the podium, and I think it's not fair. I yeah. don't think it's fair. It's, uh, you know, the different different tracks, different conditions. I mean, first time for the guys to Latvia, where we've been going there for Grand Prix for right. I don't know six seven years now. Yeah. So, I think, uh, you know, okay, we go to Glen Helen. I think, you know, they deserve to have some, some hype and some, you yeah. know, people ramping them up there. But Majora as well and O'Neill are going to be two very similar tracks very narrow, very hard packed, rutty, difficult to pass. Um, you know, it, it could, you know, you could be two or three years before you see a team to USA victory again. This
0: is the longest, this is tied for the longest drought since USA uh, won in 81 and in years that they sent the team. There's, obviously, they went longer when they, but they didn't send a team but in the years setting the team a 3 year streak is that tops the uh, 94 95 no 97 98 99 uh, a winless streak and i am with you I, I mean at this point i think usa's they're kind of just another country you know like things have to go right things have to break for them they have to get starts they can't have mechanicals they can't have injuries they can't just show up anymore i
1: think one big difference as well compared to the the, the recent modern era is the team usa haven't benefited from that real superstar mouldy champion they always mm-hmm. had an, an rc or a stewart or a you know a vitapodo in the later editions like in saint john whether you know there was a little bit of an awe around that guy where you know, well he's gonna win. He's yeah. gonna come out, you know, and the yeah. Europeans were like, well, you know, I'm racing against, you know, Ryan Villapoto yeah. and Ryan Dungey of course, you know, has I won so much and I think people have so much respect for him. You know, even uh, Tonkov said to me after the the nations in Napi said he said, you know, I looked behind me, I saw Dungey behind me and he just the last time I saw him he was on the podium with the Monster Girls, you know? So it was you know right. Supercross. So it's uh, there's still a little bit of that effect, but perhaps not as much as in the in the in the Carmichael era yeah. and Stewart era.
0: Uh, all right, moving from that to the Jeep G- little bit of G P talk, Paul Lynn at the Disney Nations wins both photos, just an epic performance. He he won in uh, Saint John, he won did he win in um, where were we last he year? Won, uh, Did he won... win in
1: Germany? He, he bookended the season. He won the first one in Qatar and the okay. last one in Mexico.
0: Okay. Uh, he's switching to Martin Honda <laughs> next year. So what do you what do you think of your, that move? What's your opinion on that?
1: Well, the first thing everybody said when he made the move, well, you know, everybody kind of knew he had made the move, even though he didn't confirm it until right. the, the big motorcycle show here in Milan in Italy two, three weeks ago. Um, it was a money thing. Because over at KRT, Kawasaki had a factory bike. He had largely French consensus of staff there it was a team kind of built for him Um, you know the owner was a French and big fan and he brought Gautier over from Yamaha so it was a case of like why leave you know you can win on that bike and he's made noises about just trying to find the last missing pieces to really mount a championship challenge and that involves Jean-Michel Bale as the sporting director I think he was instrumental in making that deal happen for Honda Um, and also it's no secret that Honda have the most exotic probably the best you know best motorcycle in terms of resources and yeah. the paddock.
0: Yeah, they have some um, it reminds me a little bit of back in the US in the 80 days when Honda was the the machine to have and the trickiest stuff and everything else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you
1: look at you look at the, the chassis and the frame of the thing it's just like machined machine of solid yeah. you know <clears throat> material there. It's, it's 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 a real impressive thing I think he had his head to obviously he hasn't signed for, you know, a bottle of milk and a, and a yeah. packet of crisps. Right. So he's probably earning good out of that deal but you know I think he's seen that as the elite and uh, now he's got it two years and uh it's, there's pressure on that you know there yeah. is pressure there's pressure for hrc as well because they're sweeping up in virtually every other discipline yeah you they've, know they're strong in dakar motor gps are walkover motor three
0: yeah they, they've kind of underwhelmed with uh, uh certainly fast uh, but maybe a little uh, a little his stars dulled a little bit with injuries and yeah and the second guy they've kind of gone from nagel to Rui to what they have this year
1: it was nagel this year nagel
0: yes yeah I mean, it just seems like the team has the equipment, has the has the outlook, the, the presentation of everything, but the results have been a little lacking. Although Nagel, when he's on, he's he's good.
1: They've had riders who are very technical and good at developing that motorbike, but um, you know, since, not since 2011, where those Hondas were right at the at the peak of the pack in the first corner, they mm-hmm. haven't really figured for wins. And I think that kind of hefty investment in Borland is is the the bid to put them right up there. Yeah. So. You know, with with RV coming in, with DeSalle, who I think is really hitting, almost like a peak of his his mm-hmm. performance,
0: his ability, his fitness. You know, there's 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 some good good riders. Let's talk about RV uh, coming over. Uh, that's definitely uh, biggest news in the, the Grand Prix circuit for a while, and I'm pretty surprised he's doing it. I, I never I heard the rumors a while ago. I just dismissed them because, generally speaking, every year we hear of somebody going, and you know but it's it's happening it's for real he's tired a little bit of the grind of america and he's coming over to win or lose he's done he's going to race one year um it's a big deal for you guys huh yeah
1: it's um you know i was saying at the end of this season you know it's you stream as promoters of the grand prix really have to hard sell that cairoli Villapodo matchup you know Mm -hmm. that's 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 big news i don't think we've really had anything on an international scale like that for a long time Yep. So it's uh, you know there's, they've they've got to hit that hard and sell it quick because it's you know RV Gore or even Cairoli first practice session in Qatar could wreck an ankle and then it's yeah. it's done. But right. it's um, no, it's a lot of people are already talking about it. I think a lot of interest in the US already, just yeah. magazines and press. So um, I think Ryan will have a little bit of a culture shock in the first couple of Grand Prixs just with timetable levels of attention because. Maybe he had a lot of fans and media and press and stuff wanting him in the US. But yeah,
0: you think it's going to be more? I think it's going to be more. Yeah, yeah you're I end. think he thinks it's going to be less.
1: No, yeah. he's going to go to Holland. You know, the Dutch yeah. press are going to speak to him there. He's going to go to France, Ditto, yeah. Germany. You know, it's going to be the same everywhere. Yeah, and you know, all the fans are going to want him.
0: Well um, you said when he showed up in Germany for Parts Unlimited, the line was huge. Yeah, it was like two, or 300 people wanting his autograph. Right. But I think he thinks it's going to be less and more kickback and more laid back.
1: The only way it might feel less is it's spread out, you know? Yeah. Is it five years the Nationals have been running
0: one day? So uh, 2009, yeah. something like that? Yeah, uh, maybe a little bit less, but yeah, a while now. So,
1: you know, a Grand Prix, you know, it's a little bit more leisurely. On a Saturday, you've got, you know, just the two chronos and then the qualifying heat and then you're kind of done. Yeah. So, there's there's time there to, to you know satisfy the fans and the industry and the press needs, so yeah. it won't feel so hectic. But I think just the, the travelling around and the, and the difference, you know, from one week being in a country and then another week moving to somewhere completely different where yeah. you might even struggle to find a bottle of fresh milk or something. It's that that might be a bit bewildering.
0: Right. Yeah, I was talking to Goche yesterday about it for a while, and he said, you know, hey, look, there's no Outback, there's no Chipotle you know you really have to watch what you eat and where you're getting it from and and that's going to be things that we take for granted it's going to be a little bit of a culture shock if i'll be
1: you know and Kristen are happy just to get in the camper and you know have a bit of a life on the road and see things and different things and have a real open mind to it then i think they'll love it but uh you know if if it gets a bit stressy or the results aren't coming then it could be you know quite complicated Uh, but
0: one thing you mentioned to me Uh, I don't know if it was publicly or not, but, like, there's some weeks where the Grand Prix guys don't practice because they're, they're, you know, they're going from Thailand to Brazil or wherever, uh, Brazil to Mexico. They just will stay back on there, and nobody's practicing. You know, their bikes are in shipment. And he's like, that sounds pretty good from a guy who, you know, pounds out two 40-minute motos three days a week. Yeah. So it's a different, you know, different
1: deal. I mean, he's raced against a couple of these guys in the nations. 2011 was his last one, I think, but... You know, I think you'll be surprised just how fit these guys are. And right at the top level, your Cairoles, your Paulands, your De Salles, you know, these guys are fast. You yeah. know, they're not going to hang around. Right. I think um, everyone's saying, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Is he going to win? Is he going to, you know, is Cairoli going to have him? And my personal opinion is on some of the more European tracks and some, you know, like your Enes, your Saint-Jean-d'Angeles, your Lockets and Czech Republic, where you're kind of riding around on marbles you know I think that would be a bit of a culture shock but and also in the sand you know we're going to have at least three sand Grand Prix which is where you know Cairoli usually makes the bedrock of his championship he takes so many good points there I think Ryan will struggle on those but uh you know it would be absolutely ridiculous foolish to count him out of any other moto
0: right right um yeah, it should be interesting to see. Ratt- Tyler Rattray, I mean, is his teammate, and it's kind of hand-picked a little bit there, and that's going to be a little bit of a comfort thing. Uh, Tyler's had some rough luck last year, but, you know, uh, we'll see. Maybe he can factor in there. I think maybe people are forgetting about him a little bit.
1: Yeah, he broke a finger before the first GB. Uh, also hurt his thumb. It was a concussion and mm-hmm. the Grand Prix of France in practice. Um but I think he's got a big shortcut there just with riding the Kawasaki again. Yeah. I mean he basically left KTM in Europe to ride for Mitch, you know, and Pro Circuit in in, uh, in the US. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a, an easy fit for Kawasaki to have Tyler on that second bike and I think he will be doing a lot to help, you know, back up ride in terms of setup and testing. Yeah. And yeah. also he knows the programme so you could say he's a little bit of a minder but you know, I don't think Tyler's done. I think he's easily he could easily be a top five guy yeah. in MSGP
0: Uh, Jeffrey Herlings, once again, staying down at MX2. This is a horrible, horrible decision by him, by KTM. (laughs) I cannot believe he's going to stay down again. No, it's ridiculous. Um, He's so good. And then anybody who's quicker or gets quicker, they have to leave the class because the age limit gets reached or whatever. It's despicable. Come on.
1: He's a bit of a freak, though, isn't he? I mean, nobody's oh, been that fast that young.
0: No, he's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, obviously with his his uh, showing up at the last GP, I mean, that was high drama, uh, yeah. you know, at its best. And the guy's a phenomenal rider, but the, the class is an entry-level class at this point. That's what it is, just judging by the rules. and. He's ready to get out. He's ready to move out. I, I can't. What's your I, thoughts on? This?
1: I had the same opinion as you over a year ago, but I was kind of slammed down a little bit on social media by some of the other riders saying that 19 years old, eighteen nineteen was too young to be moving up to a 450. Well, I mean, in my not, opinion is not when you're you old,
0: four years of GP experience. Yeah, I
1: agree. When you're old enough, you, you when you're good enough, you're old enough. That's yeah,
0: yeah, it, exactly. I, I would say you know if it was his first or second year, then sure, to go out and dominate. But he raced when he was 15. It's four years in the class. Four years of traveling to GPs and doing everything else, and it's time to go. It's time to move up. He's ready. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and I feel like I understand as, a, as an OEM, KTM wants to you know rack up the wins and the titles and everything else. I, I get it, but, I mean, look, they had a title last year with Tixier, so they, they've, they've shown to be able to pick a rider out like Mitch Payton and elevate their game and win a yeah. world title. And, you know, to do it again with um, a less heralded rider than Jeffrey I, they can they, don't be scared of it KTM you know
1: yeah they got some really fast kids coming through as well uh, Pauls Jonas is, you know he had a good rider in the nations uh, for, for Latvia so he's coming in as his teammate first year kind of MSGPs as a factory rider mm-hmm. so there's uh, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on and whether he can feel Tixier's shoes as the protege if you yeah. like but you know Hurlings for one thing for sure it's not going to make MX2 any more interesting yeah um, if he keeps the same level of domination people like uh, Dylan Ferrandis Jeremy Sewer Tim Geiger I think is the next Hurlings guy you know in MX2 I mean they might they'll run him but um, you know it's, it's going to be a slightly weaker class for the seven riders that have departed you know this year but you know, Hernings wants the numbers, Steve. He wants, he wants the stats. He wants the records. And uh, you know, he's a he's the big fish in a smaller pond at the moment. Um, they're you, empty stats. Can you can you pull, can stats. you pull parallels to you know the McGraths and the Carmichaels and stuff? Not wanting to you know jump out of their series, they have dominated for years and trying something else.
0: No, no, because no? they were at the top of their game. They're I mean, they're in yeah, America. So they were at the top of his game. Yeah, but they were in the toughest class, the premier class, you know, and and they were winning and dominating and. What are you going to do? You know, I mean, I don't blame them for wanting to go. If you're talking about, you know, an RV move to Europe, yeah, that's fine. You know, you don't you don't need to do that if you're. I mean, I lived through those years of McGrath and Carmichael, and they were some boring races, no doubt about it. But that's the premier class, you know. That's what are you going to do? So I'm okay with that. If you're dominating the premier class, great. Then you're one bad dude. But to to ride in a class that the rules dictate. You can't stay in if if you re- reach a certain age. I just, I, it's empty wins to me. And, you know, Sir, Tommy Searle could race with Jeffrey a couple of years ago, and, and that would have been, uh, you know, a terrific championship. But Searle had to get out, you know. Yeah. And I mean, I understand that Jeffrey is, you know, not doing anything wrong. But I, I mean, I don't like the rule in the first place. I've yeah, told you that a hundred yeah. times. It's a, it's, it's a nonsensical. Rule. It, it, it's it, ridiculous. Yeah. And and to have it is is silly. And to for KTM to take advantage of that rule and keep a guy in that's clearly not he's not developing he's probably hurting himself if anything. The thing is, obviously, you can't point the finger at KTM because it's his choice as well. I mean, there's no way that
1: KTM would risk losing a rider of that potential by saying you must do this. And that's why with a new contract for 2016 and 17, it's completely open. Yeah, you know, if the guy says, you know, I want to go and ride a, you know, a i don't know like right. 150 over in in the u.s some remote part of canada yeah, yeah, for example they're yeah. gonna let him do it They let
0: him do it right i just uh i think it's brutal i i but whatever you know um where are we at with the gps where's this what's the state of the gps right now in your eyes uh more and more overseas races added uh more of a world footprint uh going back to america um what do you think? How's the series looking?
1: We've established in previous podcasts that MXGP is not the world championship that people remember from 10, 15 years ago. I mean, it's evolved. The The promoters have taken a, a view with it, you know, an elitist view. You know, they've made it the, kind of the cream of the cream are now racing Grand Prix and making any money from it. You know, for it to be worthwhile, it's narrowing down to a very much a factory field. Whether that's good or bad is, you know, I mean, I work right in the middle of it, so it's kind of difficult to have a huge outside perspective sometimes, but, you know, you do... There's one thing beyond dispute is that you do have more of an international series and you go to places like Brazil and you see how crazy those people are for racing. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was the same for MotoGP in Argentina this year when they went for the, you know, for the first time in whatever. Yeah. You know, and you do see a lot of passion in different parts of the world for motocross. And why should you not embrace some of that? You know, if everybody can make it, can afford to go, then go for it. Um you know, the riders in mxgp at the top level do have a, a quality and a class i think you talk to any of them and they say you know it's really tough to race there now yeah but it's uh it's a different ethos around around the, the grand prix you know if you still enjoy watching it and you like it then you know it's fine you yeah. know and I, I count myself in that camp but um yeah for sure it's not what it used to be and i hope in the next five years it's not going to dwindle to a point where the gate really
0: has come down to like 15 riders yeah I, I can't get over that i mean i can't i can't embrace the series that 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 doesn't you know allow a trampas parker to come out of nowhere and win a world title to um i'm trying to think of another example that's the be- yeah. best one off the top of my mm-hmm. head but you know um there to be approved to to get on a ride on a team that's approved for the gps um you know antonio caroli went down in the first turn at gp last year there's only 18 guys yeah. He was eighth after one lap. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's no... It's just... It seems... And again, I, I'm coming from another side, and I'm trying to have an open mind a little, a little bit, but I, I have trouble with the fact that there just isn't more racers. There isn't more yeah. people making money, doing well, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, we're not thriving in America. There's certainly some good riders that have no rides, um, so it's not... I'm not saying the American Series is so much better, but... G-Wiz, I just I can't. I have trouble with the rules kicking people out of the MX2 class, and I have trouble with the lack of entries and the lack of teams that want to take part. And maybe it's part of the globe trotting. It's part of the reason. I'm not sure, but it does seem like it's lost its soul a little bit.
1: I think it's it is in a transition phase. You know, teams. It has to be worthwhile to do MSGP. You have to attract that sponsorship to be able to, you know, make it all happen. And at the moment, it's just coming from within the industry and the factories. Yeah, so that's what's keeping
0: it going. Well, of we have the same right? problem in America. I mean, yeah. we got energy drinks, but other than that, you know, not much outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I really don't know. Like I say, it's a, it's a different animal now. Whether you like the animal you, and yeah. you, you want to pat it on the head and watch it grow, <laughs> then it's okay. But otherwise, it, you know. If, you, if you're thinking about points and if you're thinking, well, you know, I can turn up, I can do one lap and score two GP points, where, yeah. you know, maybe 15 years ago, if you were a teenager, to score a GP point was like it's a first deal. run on the ladder, you yeah. know? Yeah. But uh, there's definitely more emphasis on the European Championship, which people, out, you know, from outside of yeah, Europe... Yeah, I don't think we you know? really know much
0: about it, but it's, it's <laughs> a thriving deal, isn't it? It's, it's like a, a Loretta Lin series,
1: you know, and it's uh, it's busy. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people, a lot of kids, like, trying to get in through that way, and that's, like, one part where... You stream and the FIM are really kind of buzzing and saying this is a, a positive step we're making and when you go to a Grand Prix I mean sometimes it's a nuisance to see all these guys because they the you know they start at eight in the morning yeah. and they're, they're going right through to six in the afternoon there's barely time to fix the track up yeah. but uh you know you do get high entry in the MX250 which should that's the class that has, should have the age limit mm-hmm. um, and also the 125s You know, now the 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 sixty fives and well the eighty fives and the other junior kids they're having more of a regional emphasis before that's kind of pulling together and it's really making uh, like a ladder, which is what they wanted to
0: do. Are you just saying that because uh, Ben Watson, uh, a British (laughs) British bloke, is going to be you know the next kind of guy coming up? Is that why you're stoked on that series? There's there's big hopes for him. (laughs) So there you go.
1: Grand Um, Prix rider next year. Big hopes.
0: Who should we be watching? Who are we going to hear about? Uh, in the mx2 class next year is really breaking through is there somebody that comes to mind i mean geyser but he's kind of already known a little bit but is there yeah guy's just the one to watch
1: uh yeah. he broke through this year yeah. first first moto wins first podiums but you know if there's anyone that's going to push hurlings it'll be him keep a good watch somebody like watson's going to be a rookie you know he's definitely worth looking at across the field is it's, it's it's difficult to say. I mean, Jonas as well on the, on the you know, the factory KTM. Yeah. You know, you've got Valentin Guillaume last year. He's going to be on a factory Yamaha. So, you know, there's a couple of faces where they made a step up in 2014. <clears throat> Keep an eye out in 2015. Uh, Thomas Covington as well, you know. How yeah, do kind of you think
0: Covington can...
1: You know, I said to him at some point in the season that he took a third place at Qatar for the first GP, yeah. his first GP. Yeah. And it was a little bit like scoring a, a goal in the first minute of the match, you know, because <laughs> yeah. he, he set the benchmark for himself way too right. high. And then he yeah. got to some sand tracks and got some other stuff. And he was like, yeah. whoa, what is this? So he knows that he's had the educational year. Yeah. So it's a little bit more pressure for him for 2015. But, you know, he's from what I've seen is a kid that's prepared to work like his nuts off. And I think that's going to stand him in good stead for all the, the variety and the diversity. he's going to have to cope with in GPs for a second year.
0: Right, and further down the line, uh, maybe the Dutch kid P- Poutes? What? Poutes, yeah, Poutes, He's he's something special.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, people are already labeling him as the the next Hurling's coming through. Again, he's got a you know KTM factory KTM backing, so um, he's he's one to watch. You know, he's going to be you know under the guidance of Stefan Everts next year, even more so. So uh, yeah, keep a lookout. The orange army, is, uh, yeah. or empire, I should say, is uh, still holding strong.
0: We see it in America. You know, yeah. they're they're definitely taking over. Thoughts on uh, going back to Glen Helen? Good. Yeah. I mean, like. Uh I don't know,
1: what was there what, 500 people there, the oh, last few yeah. people? <laughs>
0: you
1: know, that's kind of sad to see, because at the end of the day, it's still a good race with like good athletes and good yeah, riders, isn't it? You, yeah. know? You, you, you want to see entertainment.
0: Oh, we saw Kenny Rockson we saw Antonio Caroli, you know, yeah, DeSalle. DeSalle the Sal won that Yeah, the Sal won,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, Zach Osmond on the podium. Right. So, like I was saying to you earlier, I think if is in a position where he can, I mean, if that's a championship decider, it's going to be yeah. an, you know, yeah. an incredible Grand Prix. I like the track. I think everybody in the paddock gets excited about going to the U.S. to race because, yeah. you know, Supercross is such a different world for a Grand Prix rider. Um, you know, going over to the U.S. and to, to ride motocross and have it mean something is, is a big deal.
0: Now, if an American fan is listening to this and they want to go to a GP to cheer on RV, where would you send them? I would send, you know, if some people ask me, well, I get the question quite a bit, which, which national should I go to? I usually send them to Redbud. You know, it's our sort of our premier thing, and it's around the Independence Day holiday, and mm. it's a great track and great viewing. So where would you send an American motocross fan to go watch Ryan Villopoto?
1: For atmosphere... Kick-ass, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> For atmosphere, I think you need to be heading towards France or maybe Holland, Valkenswaard. You know, that's busy. Yeah. I mean, the Dutch fans aren't super noisy, but you get such a grouping of Northern European fans mm-hmm. there. So Valkenswaard, say... Um, French GP different place this year because the Nations is at name Yeah, so the, are they going to Saint John? No, oh. no, a new place. Which the name of it's completely gone out of my mind. Okay. I've never been there, obviously. So it's good. Right. Italy also. Yeah. and Go to Majora Yeah. Go to Majora, Yeah, because the last two years that's that's been the best GP of the year for me. Good weather. Yeah. Really picturesque place. Historic. Drag, nostalgic. You know? yeah, yeah, like old style track, but also with some big jumps and fast sections to sort of bring it up okay. to date. Um, you know the whole Cairoli thing. I mean, if, if he's fighting with Polan or Desail or Villapoda or whatever, then yeah, you'll see some you know some special stuff from the Italians going on. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. go for Major. It's usually like the middle of June. Right. It's a good one yeah. So do. yeah,
0: great weather and everything yeah. else.
1: Otherwise, nice events. Sweden's a good one. Uh, always busy. Back on the calendar after you've a,
0: just named all the GPS. You've named everyone. I have. A You're mate. so British biased. Grand Prix. You're so yeah, British. Go to all <coughs> of them, folks. They're all incredibly <laughs> awesome you know,
1: there's a couple that are a bit ropey.
0: Right. That I could do without. Hey, when you go to America, and I don't. Did you go this year? You did go this year. Yeah, been yeah, last uh, three or four San Diego years. And okay, three. What do you think of when you see Supercross? What what is the what is it for you? Is it is it racing? Do you look at it? You know, maybe not as pure as a Grand Prix. You know, I mean, what what do you think of Supercross?
1: Uh, the thing I don't like about it is how the riders are all. Um, Put on such a high pedestal. You know, in Grand Prix, they're still very accessible. Even if you go to Brazil and your chances again near Coirote are quite minimal compared to a normal race. Yeah. But in Supercross, it does seem to, you know... I can understand why people have ego because it's a big, big audience. You know, it's a big show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it, you can see why riders want to do it because to go to a stadium and have 50,000 people, you know, that crowd, yeah. that noise, that, that, you know, spectacle. Yeah. You know, and also sure it's worthwhile isn't it i mean it's, it's it's a lucrative series yeah but uh you know there's with with all that attention and that that glitz and glamour comes you know a part that's not so earthy as we like to sort of, yeah we're having grand Prix. You're,
0: you're talking more though off the track and i agree with you don't yeah. get me wrong i mean i know what these guys are a little different with, with me but i get what you're saying but what about the, the racing on the, on the track like what do you what do you think of that i mean You've walked the track. You've yeah, been down there. Yeah. You know. You've seen what it's like.
1: But it's something that's I'm just so interested in,
0: in a <coughs> European. It's person's. something that's so special to the US, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's
1: why no, you don't get any Europeans over for the Monster Cup, which is yeah. even still a little bit of a dumbed down Supercross track. Yeah, yeah. Because people know they don't want to have their ass handed to them. Right. It's just too specialised of a discipline, and there's nowhere like the. Southern California test tracks in Europe yeah. for people to get that mileage on. Right. Gottiaponen and his own, has his own supercross track. Then he's a rider that from from Grand Prix. I'd say, hey, put him in, put him in, you know, like a 450SX class now, and he'll do like a, yeah. he'll get top ten.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it's um, it's a different world, Steve. Yeah. You're off the track and also on it. That's why you know I I'm quietly optimistic for Arno Tonus. Yeah. Because if there's a rider with a technique to be able to do something in supercross. Right. I mean, Kenny Rockson was always going to be U.S. bound at some point. Yeah. And uh, for me, he's still one of the most fantastically talented athletes we've seen come through Grand Prix in the last 10 years.
0: Do you think Hurlings will ever make a jump? I mean, I I know he tried supercross. wasn't that good. Is there any... No.
1: Again, for the same reason that he's sticking in MX2, because he is the premium athlete in Europe. Yeah. He's the one that everybody wanted to sign. He really is... uh, I don't think you'd risk it. Yeah. You know? right. I mean, same for Cairoli as well. Uh, I was trying to build up a campaign in the press, saying, "Go and try a national. We want to see you take on the Americans." Yeah. You know, but everyone around him in the team was saying, "Well, why? Why should we bother? You know, we're here to win a world championship. We're not there just to go and you know." Yeah, slap. sure.
0: Yeah, slap yeah. on a different. To be like race a circus number. monkey. Yeah, that's right. right. Who's the next kid? Do you think that would want to? The American teams might want to snatch up or look at.
1: Well, Fernandez has made all the noises about yeah. going. I mean he's He raced uh, Monster Cup? Yeah, yeah, he's he's desperate to go. So he'll be over and, you know, if you can can't do something, yeah. If you can't beat Jeffrey then can you cut it in the US? That's uh
0: That's kinda of the, the, lim- the
1: yeah. <laughs> you're right, right. I mean that's a pretty good benchmark in Europe. If you're the top guy yeah you know, like Roxham was, yeah, then you think right, I'm ready, there's no one else to be here, I'm right. off But uh like Hurlings, as you said, still has to step up to the premier class and say, you know, I'm the top wrong Prix yeah. rider. Yeah. Um and, like, Dylan can't really say, I mean, even in, like, kind of the top two in MX2, Yeah, out, yeah right? he's
0: got a little ways to go.
1: There's nobody really coming up in Grand Prix that's sort of stamping their feet and saying, hey, I want to get out of here and get to the AMA as soon as possible. Right, right. So, going It'll- back to your question about the state of the GPs, maybe that's a, a semi-positive sign. Yeah, you know? right. If you're in the factory view, then you're not...
0: Yeah, I mean, it was just a turnstile for a few years. Tortelli and Albi and Rattray, and it's just, you know, they win, they're gone. They win, they're gone, you know what I mean? So it has kind of stopped a little bit that way. Oh, Town Townley, yeah. <coughs> it seems if you're not French. Chad. Yeah, if you're not French and you're not
1: kind of, you know, yeah, I don't know, sort of non-European, then, you know, you're kind of looking at Grand Prix as your main
0: yeah. way to earn a living. Right. Um, all right, did we cover
1: it all? I think that's it. All right. What about uh, today's... Lille I nearly said Bersi again then it's going to Did be I, a Tomac show again isn't it
0: yeah I think so he was fastest by half a second in that practice why not why not keep going Bersi on the Yamaha is that going to click soon some people say it's, that he shouldn't be on the Yamaha it's getting late if you're going to you know you're going to start writing these races off a little bit as like ah it doesn't really matter well it's getting late er so, actually,
1: there's one thing I want your opinion on. Yeah. Like, you've written a few
0: times at Pro Circuit.
1: Had a tough year, you know, not many wins. Championship two years in a row stuff. now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is there anyone there that can do it? Can they reverse the trend? Apart from Cincinello, is it too too early for him?
0: Mm, I mean, Cincinello can do it. He just has to stay injury free. He's had, I think, three out of the last four years, he's been injured at some point. Um, you know, they claimed that they had it. They he had a shoulder problem that they discovered and they fixed it, so it wouldn't happen again. So that's good. He's not a big kid. Small guy. Adam, I mean, he was well on his way to the victory in his rookie year in the Supercross title. Yep. I think he would have won, without a doubt. And he would have been right up there in the Nationals. So, apart from him, though, uh, Tyler Bowers, uh, Tonis, uh, all Chris Aldridge. I think I'm missing one guy. Um, well, that's I don't, I think there. Is I gone, his name? What? Yeah, Dirt. Durham's gone. Davalos is gone. I think I'm missing one guy, and it's right on the tip of my tongue. I'm jet-lagged, though. But uh, I don't see any of those other guys able to pull it off next year. I mean, Tonus, I think, needs a you know a year to figure it out, and maybe he can do it. I think uh, everything's kind of resting on uh, Adam. and I, But I think he can do it. I think Adam can. I think he can win both titles. He just has to stay healthy. He's got the program. He's got the speed and skill. But, uh, I mean, geez, you look at Mitch last year. He had one, two, three on the East Coast, and they were all winning races and looking terrific. And one by one, they all got hurt. I mean, it it does seem like the years of karma that Mitch built, and I mean, along with the fast bikes and this, you know, not just karma, but the years and years of of winning, it's flipped a little bit. And he's starting to see what it's like on the other side. And I don't think he's happy, but... I think it does move in cycles, though,
1: doesn't it? Yeah, you know, yeah. I the think top so. teams in sports tend to go through a period yeah. of transition, and
0: yeah, and you know, star Yamaha struggled forever. Poor rider choices, poor team management, uh, bad bikes. Um, they struggled for a long time, but of many jokes in the, in the paddock, and myself included. Uh, and look, at now they have Cooper Webb, Jeremy Martin, and a terrific bike. They've got another fast amateur coming up in Plessinger. Um, you know, that team is now. I don't know if they're on top, but they're so so much better than they were that you're right it's just it's cyclical one more question for you do you think the Villapodo
1: move the way people are looking at it in the u.s might open a door for other riders in the same what about guys who've been marginalized a little bit on the periphery people like jake Weimer, you know a former champion i mean
0: could he suddenly think well you know i could earn um, a decent wage in msgp i'll give it a go i mean he would have to have an offer from a decent wage and so that would be more your territory would a team pick him up and offer him a decent wage if if you're not winning in america is it kind of the i mean why would a team be like hey i think we can make jake i mean we already have the obstacles of moving from america to europe and and the difficulties and the transitions and everything else so why would a gp team make an offer like that like i I don't. have well, asked that.
1: some teams that question, and I think in the past, a rider's nationality—if he had a, you know, if he was an American rider—then they would have been able to trade on that, yeah, get some kind of backing based yeah. on the nationality of the rider. But I think that's fading a little bit. Yeah,
0: know? I don't see that happening. I really don't. I, I, I know uh, there's some people in, in high positions in the U.S. that are worried this RV thing is going to start, you know, start a trend of guys going over there. There's more than a few people who think that uh, UStream has uh, has supplied Ryan with a little bit of extra money to make this happen on top of everything else he's getting um i don't i don't know I don't about think that they
1: will be able to give him enough i mean he's already i would imagine he's making good money uh, already uh,
0: yeah i don't know i know he has a shrewd agent i know that
1: so
0: <laughs> um so I, I just don't see it i think this is i think if ryan Villapoto <coughs> could have got out of his last year's cowie contract he would retire you have his fee up yeah i think that they cowie said you need to race for us you signed a three-year deal you have one more year and I think he a little bit took offense to that. Right. Because he would have to buy his way out of it.
1: So, yeah, instead of paying a million dollars, he might as well earn three and race somewhere yep. else.
0: And I think he was like, you know what? Uh, I'm over this grind. I'm over this uh, U.S. Uh, you know 29 races thing. And I'm going to try something different. And I think if I had to bet, I would bet his pockets are greased a little bit more for coming over here. And God bless him. And, and that's what he's doing. So... I don't think this RV thing is going to open any. I don't think it's going to start a transition back over here. I just, I just don't.
1: I reckon, in my personal opinion, that also he fed a little bit of all the people saying, "Are you coming? Are you coming? You got to come. It'd be cool." You know, it's. Uh, yeah,
0: I don't know. He seems a pretty headstrong kind of guy to to be influenced like that, you know. But,
1: but you know, but if you've got if it is people like trusted confidence saying, "Yeah, give it a go, man. You know, you're going to be able to set some he, sort of landmark." He's or, in
0: a weird spot, and I told him this. He's the most unhappy multi-millionaire I've ever known <laughs> and I think honestly I think hanging out with Casey Stoner yeah. was a big part of what, his decisions to do this because I don't follow MotoGP at all uh, but I've talked to Jason Thomas who does and Chad Reed and yourself of course you're all into it Casey could win sort of got fed up with everything and everybody and the rules and walked away Yeah, and you know I, t- I spoke with him a little bit at one of the races and again he, I was like wow this guy's really unhappy like he it made his feelings known to me just an outsider about how shit everything was in GP MotoGP. Yeah. and I think he, him and Ryan became friends and they hung out and I think some of that attitude from Casey like everybody just wants a piece of you nobody cares about you as a human you know it, it got into Ryan a little bit and he's right in a sense but he's also well paid for yeah. being that way and that's the trade off that is the ultimate trade off I mean you can be a homeless bum And do whatever you want. Yeah. Nobody cares. That's right. But your home was bum. So, um, you know, I think that Stoner rubbed off a little bit on RV, a little bit of uh, disenchantment with the man and the system. And that was part of the reason why he did it.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Casey's uh, objections with, you know, MotoGP are well-versed. Just just the whole show around, but you know you saw it already interviews I've done with Villapoto two or three years ago he was kind of almost over it
0: yeah yeah I think I think he's just uh, like I told him he's the most unhappy multi-millionaire I know and I for whatever reason he's got the giant middle finger up to sort of the man in the US and the system and and he's trying this out and 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 then I think when they told him that he had to buy his way out of his contract I believe they told him he had to buy his way out of the last year of his contract I think that was it for him he was like screw you guys I'm out of here I am going to Europe you know, so interesting. It's so it won't take other riders to be told they have to buy
1: their way out of contracts to come to Europe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what
0: I'm saying. I just don't think it's going to lead to anything. You know, I just, I just don't think so. I, I could be wrong, but I mean, we certainly have a we have a problem in America when riders like Josh Hill and Jake Weimer, Kyle Chisholm, either uh, main event guys. They're the 20 best Supercross riders in the world. You could argue they can't get a ride. Yeah, we have Jiggle a problem as well. I mean, he's uh, how many Whoop. years? Regal as well. Yeah, Carlino, yeah. I, mean. I don't know about that, but you know, yeah, when guys like Weston Pike are getting rides, you know, yeah. and yeah. things like that, we, we see how shitty America is, <laughs> you know? yeah it's just turned up and. Uh... <laughs> you want to sit here? Are you really going to sign? I was just kidding about you being shitty. Be careful. He's. Va- I said, I, yeah, I just said that. He's
1: also vandalized your lid as well with a Pulp MX sticker, so be careful.
0: All right, Weston Pike, everybody. I did. <laughs> So, I mean, we have some problems in America with our racing, I feel. Like, um, you know, uh, James Stewart is going to win a race and he's going to make five or six million dollars a year next year, and the guy in 10th place is making 100 grand. You know, he's making 2% of what James Stewart makes. And he's, sure, he's four seconds back, but that's still pretty good. So, we're not healthy either in America. And uh, so, I mean, all the, like, it's a. All, if, we're, if we're coming all the way back around, uh, I'd, when I was complaining about the GPs, we're not perfect either.
1: It's just about swapping over, isn't it? You know, we're riders want to swap over more people are still attracted by the big lights of supercross um but will the guys who have had enough of supercross or not getting enough yeah. in terms of payment yeah. think right okay i'm going to go and race in the uh, czech republic and, and latvia and
0: yeah well here's the thing with supercross though and uh, i've said this a few times if you are uh motivated to do to do your program and if you're a Weimer, certainly pike did the same thing you make a main event you're two thousand dollars in purse money uh, now, it's, that's not. You still have expenses out of that, but a lot of the races are local. In SoCal, uh, you're, you're making four main events a month. You're pulling in $8,000 a month gross. you got a little bit of expenses. It's not the end of the world. You can be okay. Uh, you're certainly not a wear and tear on the bike too much. You can do okay racing Supercross in the 450 class. The purse money is not so bad. But from there, uh, yeah, um, the nationals don't pay that well, and it is tough to make a living. Yeah.
1: And it only runs from January to yeah, beginning yeah. of May for Supercross. Yeah, it's a shame the calendars didn't sync up a little bit more, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, I think we've covered it all now. <laughs> Definitely covered <laughs> yeah. it all. Adam stop. Wheeler on track off road, uh, uh, On track com. Oh, I thought it was the other one. Okay, uh, and thanks, uh, Steve. yeah, thanks for the info and, uh, and fo- everybody follow Adam uh, reports from the Grand Prix. And uh, here we are at Thanks, man. All right, cheers.